doing what naturally comes to you isn't creative for them. But for someone else to do what you do naturally, it's like, oh, this is magnificent. You've you <laughs> expanded boundaries. It's like, oh, I, I could do that in my sleep. <laughs> I'm Serena Francis and welcome to Messy Round the Edges. In this podcast, we will discuss when things don't quite go to plan, the tough decisions we have to make when faced with various challenges that ultimately lead us to a more fulfilling life. Okay, cool. Um, so I am Shanna Bent, I'm owner of luxury sustainable women's wear brand Maison Bent. Awesome. Shanna, the reason why I reached out to you was because obviously we've been in quite a lot of communication virtually on both of our Instagram handles, yours, which is Maison Bent Official, and you have the most beautiful designs of dresses and um, separates, and you've created them. And what I love about it, it's got a, a lovely Caribbean feel to it. Like you're really kind of delving into your, your Caribbean heritage. And I wanted to kind of start from the very beginning, really, to let everybody know kind of how did you get into fashion in the first place? First and foremost, I'm really glad that the Caribbean kind of aesthetics really transcending through the images and things. That's definitely been like a goal of mine. And so how I got into everything. Um, so I've always been like really super artistic. Um, I was a very like artistic child. Like I used to like draw, I used to paint, I like loved mosaics, like in art, like I was like teacher's pet as so people called me. I um, went to secondary school, but then transcended into secondary school. I just loved painting. I just loved creating things. Also got into like woodwork and things. I was like doing better than all like all the boys. Um, the textiles, like I just loved like experimenting with fabrics and different processes and different techniques. Um, and then I think as I got into my teens, my kind of passion for fashion, so cliche, um, that kind of started to grow and I started to um just start to customize my own my own um clothing and like accessories and things. Um, so growing up <laughs> I would say, um, like, I didn't have, like, amazing clothes. Like, we literally, like, shopped in the market. Like, mum would, like, bring us to the market and just be fine, trying to find, like, the best bargains. Um, like, you know, like, for an example, like, a £10 pair of jeans was expensive, okay? So that everything we'd buy would be, like, £5. It would be, like, super old, like, things, like, being, like, mismatched, just not fitting properly. So that's what I would, like basically um customize and try to like make a new and uh, so I'll be doing that I literally like made, like a few handbags brought them to school and people be asking me like where I got my handbags from and like I didn't want to tell people that I made them because you know what like school kids are like like I don't know if they're like, like, making fun out of me like I don't know if it's like a bad thing that I've made this bag so I'd be like oh I got it from New Look and they're okay. like oh I'm gonna go to New Look and see if the bag is <laughs> 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 and they went to New Look and they were like, Shanna, that bag is not in New Look. Sorry, all sold out. Sold out, you're too slow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know? So that so that's how like I knew is like, oh right, like, I can actually make stuff that people like. And then I think um going um like going up throughout the school years, like going to sit form, um, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm actually like really good at this. Mm. And then I'll don't know what to do afterwards because um I didn't like I didn't understand I didn't know anything about luxury fashion I didn't know right. designers that was very much back then influenced by like streetwear 
um hip hop culture like I love like watching music videos like Missy Elliott and stuff and like, just being right. so of what like the celebrity culture was wearing so that was like just my mindset um and to me that was like really normal but I didn't realize that there was this whole like other world of fashion of like luxury fashion of like designers of like art school I I wasn't aware of it because I've never been inside the luxury shop I had never been inside Harrods like you know it was yeah. like, I wasn't connected to that world and then I was speaking to a friend I was like I don't know what to do next and then he was like oh you should apply to Central St Martins I was like what's that he goes oh it's um it's basically like the best art school in the world I was like okay I'm gonna apply for it and he was like it's really hard to get into like no one gets into it I was like well I might as well try it. and then <laughs> we both applied and then I got like the big like a few weeks later I got like the really big heavy letter to say that I've been accepted into like Amazing. I was like oh my god it's so amazing I'm probably really want to get into and I got in um some of the greats you know some of the greatest fashion designers have attended yeah school. but I didn't I didn't realize this at the time I was very yeah. much like I don't know I don't know what to do and I've just got advice to like go there and then like I did my foundation there so that was like the course where like you get to experiment on different pathways such as like fashion communications fashion design textiles um and a few other things as well but even then on the foundation course it was so hard to get onto mm. the pathway it was like oh it was such a big gap from like um sixth form going into the foundation course even though it wasn't like a, a proper even though it wasn't a proper university course yet like the competition it was so stuck oh my god it was just so like I, from my personal experience it was very cold it was very like closed off people weren't sharing their work with each other it was just such a big gap between sixth form and this and the central st martin's foundation course and i just didn't have i didn't have like the best time like for an example being a minority there as well like the amount of like people of color on the course we could literally count them on our hands it was like really people yeah everyone was very much from like asia like japan exactly. korea china um, so like even that because I came from like a very like multicultural school so I was from a young age very much you know like entwined with people from like different races different cultures different backgrounds different like social classes for an example so coming into this new environment where like no one looks like you everyone right. speaks different languages everyone's like super rich like spending like thousands of pounds on like their university accommodation bed sheets you know um <laughs> Wow. It was just so different. It was just so different. And yeah, it was just what very... did that can I ask, what did that do to your mindset? What did it do? It if I'm honest, it really it helped. What did it do? I don't know how to put it into words. I know. <laughs> yeah. Been, uh, because like I just like so from what I've said already, you know, you can tell that I just really love just creating things. That was just my thing like I just like to create but then I then saw coming into this new environment that there was just such a big competition and everyone was like basically out to not it was almost like it, the tutors and everything the way it's set up is to not make you exceed it's also to instantly make there be a divide like you're either good or you're crap you know there's so, no anything else so do you think it hampered your creativity in the uh, beginning uh, while you were trying to work this out Yes, absolutely. And I say that now, like looking back, I was like, it hindered me because then you go into this new place where there's like no, like, you know, black teachers or anything. And it was like, 
you know that and like art and style is subjective so then you go into these like new environments where these teachers probably have never seen anyone like you before either and don't understand your your background and it's very much like they probably don't understand like what you're creating because they're not familiar with your culture and stuff and it was very much like they wanted to see things as to like what they like if that makes sense so it was almost like yeah they're mocking your work according to like their their, their viewpoint their, their perspective yes it's so strange and it's like I think from there as well, definitely from that foundation course, I definitely saw this thing where it's like, you know, it's very cool for like um, students from um, other backgrounds to kind of uh, experiment with like African and Caribbean culture and design and things. But for an African or a Caribbean like student to, you know, delve into their own culture, it was very much deemed as like typical and they would instantly try to steer you away from that, <sighs> forcing you to experiment with things that, you're not used to it was it was very much like oh you know like this is very typical like th- but they wouldn't say those words it was a very yeah. much like but they definitely tried to like stop you from going to that that direction definitely try to make your work as westernized as possible um I think this is a super important point that you brought up and I think a lot of people of color will feel this but not know how to put it into words or how to communicate this yeah. feeling so it's almost like your culture and your heritage is okay if it's seen through another person's eyes and their perspective of what Caribbean African culture is. So then your identity almost gets lost because you're like, but but no, I'm trying to show you my interpretation of my culture. But then because it's not um because it's not seen in a positive way you almost feel like your identity and your culture is being lost. I don't know if I'm saying it correctly. Yeah, absolutely. But, I mean, I felt exactly the same. I felt exactly the same all throughout my career. It was like, your culture and your heritage is okay if it's seen through another person's perspective. But when it's seen through your perspective, it's it's too typical and it's not very creative. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It's like you do what naturally comes to you isn't creative for them. But for someone else to do what you do naturally, it's like, oh, this is magnificent. You've expanded boundaries. It's like, oh, I I could do that in my sleep. (laughs) It's so true. Such an important point you brought up, Shanna. Yeah. So that was, that was, oh my God, that one year and like foundation was, oh, it was, I I, I don't know how to describe it. It was like one of the hardest years of my life. (laughs) Literally, I remember going, you know, like finally going to that stage where you're basically applying for um a BA course now I didn't even try to get into St Martin's at all I was like no like this is a write-off I'm not even going to try to um get into that um so I applied to like, other places I applied to Ravensbourne and London College of Fashion yeah uh, I remember Ravensbourne's my first interview um bearing in mind sorry before we get into that so on the foundation course um so I wasn't on the fashion pathway I was doing the textiles I was on and um, so yeah it was very much like a lonely journey yeah very lonely like I had to like grow up really really quick you know um it was just crazy I remember going to like the Ravensbourne interview um and they offered me like um they offered me a place like on the spot I just burst out in tears Serena I was like oh my god I've been working so hard you don't know how it feels yeah I was, I was like oh my god like the tears I'm like oh my god I didn't I didn't mean to make you cry I was like you don't know what I've been through <laughs> Left you tired. Left you tired. Yeah, 
yes yes it was that and I was like oh my god finally and then it kind of like gave me the confidence and you know applied for London College of Fashion which I also got onto and then chose London College of Fashion because it was like you know central and and that was just always a childhood dream as well like I remember going into Oxford Street when I was younger when we weren't going to the markets you know like <laughs> that like I don't know annual trip and seeing London the London College of Fashion building and being like oh my god I'd love to go there one day I was like yeah I'm going there so that's where I ended up um LCF was much more diverse than CSM um but it was but it was weird because then I'm now having to then kind of transcend my skills again and adapt to a completely new environment whereas CSM was very much you know that like being very very avant-garde and being super experimental and kind of you know going for it LCF was very much no you have to restrain from being creative and it's all about business and <laughs> everything has to be like super, super formal. And if you're doing any experimentation work, everything that you do needs to look like a magazine. So that was also really wow. restraining for my creativity. So when I'm trying to like be experimental and like push boundaries, they're like, no, you're doing too much. It has to look like this. It has to look like that. So fashion school, like my fashion school experience was just all over the place. Like it was very tiring. I just kept on being like pulled left, right and centre into all these different things. And But then I think as well, like in LCF, like it was the same thing, like, um, you know, like people like tutored that there was no like tutors of colour, you know, so like it was very hard to connect. This weird thing happened. So like my favourite tutor, she pulled me aside one day and she was like, oh, Shanna, can I just have a discussion with you? She was like you know, that like you're doing really, really well, but like um, most black students like on this course are like failing and I'm just trying to like, you know, discover why, but the conversation never happened, but it very much opened up my eyes, like it opened up my eyes to see that, you know, this is something that other students of color are also going through where, you know, they're trying to like do what comes naturally to them, but it's the teachers and the tutors aren't understanding it. And are literally- The environment. Yes, and it's like, yeah, so that was definitely like kind of my kind of the beginning of me realizing that, you know, that something needs to change. It definitely stems down to representation wherever you are. Like, it's important to have tutors and teachers that look like you and 100%. understand you. Otherwise, you're just going to be pushed aside because they're like, oh, I don't really understand what you're doing. I'm not going to focus on you. I'm just going to focus on the students that look like me and who do the work that I'm kind of used to seeing. It was very weird. You've raised so many important points. I want to unpack some of the things that you've talked about because it's just, it's so important. As a person of colour who who is ambitious, so if we talk about, you know, you've described as, as a, you know, as a teenager and at school, mm. thought that you were ambitious and that, you know, you were very much that, that lovely innocence um, and naivety of like, that's what I want to do. I'm going to go and do it. Okay. Which is what we all need in the beginning, the vision. We don't know how we're going to get there, but we need the big vision. Then you manifested all of that. You manifested getting into um, fashion school. Then reality hits. And this is, this is the problem. I think with a lot of people of color, you get into the industry of whatever you want to do, you realize that you're a person of color. So instead of you focusing on the job at hand, which is to train and learn and be creative, you realize that actually, first and foremost, you have to learn about how to be different in a situation and succeed. 
that is before you have even sat down and done the job at hand, which is to go into design school and learn to be a designer. You are automatically faced with actually what I've got to do is work out psychologically, how am I going to be able to succeed in my training being a black woman? I mean, you know, you really had to dig deep within yourself and become an extremely strong woman to be able to deal with that first and then focus on your on your design mm-hmm. and then focus on studying fashion. That's a lot. That's a lot. And that's why I think so many people, mm-hmm. so many people of color get into something and quit because they're not able to mentally deal with unpacking the cultural differences that they have to face in order to even do what they've always wanted to do. Wow. Like hats off to you. Like Mm. On that journey, on that journey of your training, probably the biggest lesson you had to learn is how to be different in this industry, number one. Then let's move on to how you then decided, you know, once you then got to that point, how did you then move forward and become Shanna, the fashion designer? Okay, so after that, I was like, well, yes, like I have all the training and stuff. I was like, well, now I need the experience. I was like, I want to be like a big name. I want to know like how it's done in these like, you know, in these big fashion houses. And so I started to do like loads of different internships. Um, I did like, um, I think a few months at Roland Moray, also Rocketeur. And um, these were like all unpaid, you know, like back then, like unpaid internships were very normal, or like <laughs> yeah. to the point where sometimes your travel wasn't even being paid, like your lunch was not being paid for. Like this is very much that like, you paying <laughs> to learn <laughs> from these yeah. people. Um, so like I did that for a while, but even so, like on my internship, like there still wasn't that many people of color, you know, considering like you know doing free internships is very much like a privileged thing, which is what I'm beginning to realize now. Um, so like not many people are actually able to do those so luckily like you know like I have lot, lots of people at home who was like supporting me like through all these different experiences yeah, of course. And, um, even on one of my internships like yeah so like I was paying like you know to like go there and stuff um, and then she also like offered me to come to Paris with her again like me pay I had to pay for like my own ticket to Paris funded by my family Um, the only like the only thing that we shared a room but it was still so like even though like it was things that I was paying out of my own pocket I was still like gaining the experience of things that I wouldn't have gotten otherwise you know so I still I still really really appreciate like everything I learned like during those days even though it was like really really difficult but it helped me to like see things from a position that I wouldn't have gotten to otherwise yes which company company from your work experience sorry to cut you so Alexandra I've got um when I was reading up about you I saw that you did um experience with Alexandra McQueen which out of the ones that you've just discussed which do you think that you gained the most experience in a positive way well so at McQueen I was only there for like a very short time um I won't mention about the staff members but um yeah like just think devil like literally like devil wears Devil wears Prada yeah 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 that says it all um but um it was good because you know I got the experience in like the really big fashion houses and really small ones that were literally just up starting um so it was good because um 
you know, I think I was at one small startup for like a month, but it felt like I was with her for like a year because I literally saw everything from her, like, you know, designing, um, trying to get into like London Fashion Week and going to like Paris with her and stuff. It That was like, I learned so much from from that like, unpaid experience. Like that was like, that was priceless. And then I would say like at um, Roland Moray, like it was a completely different experience. Like I didn't really see much that was going on because it was a bigger company. But it was still like I got to see like, you know, being in central London, being in this like beautiful old townhouse and um, seeing like their VIP clients such as like Kate Middleton and stuff coming in for dressing. Um, I'm just in the chambers from Vogue, like assisting styling with her. So like all these different things, honestly, like the experience was, was so rich. Like I like I loved it. It was it was great. So as it balanced out like all the different experiences were good for like different reasons and then again being an agent provocateur and like the press department completely different to um doing collection and being on set from like their big like you know hundred thousand pound like commercial sets where like they had like amazing models um you know being on set with um, monica cruz who's penelope cruz's sister and stuff and i working with like big professionals and being on these like amazing like locations and things it, kind of like it just showed you like how to do things yourself so now that transcends into mates on Ben I know how to like put a shoot together I know how to do a call sheet I know how to send things out to press and to like get people wearing your stuff and to look out for you know mentions in newspapers and like mentions online and things so it's like all these things like you know that people probably thought that I wasn't paying attention to then it's like no I know how that's done because that person did that and I know how that's done because that person did this and I did this and that on that project you know so yeah they, they were all like very very valuable in their own way amazing thank you so so from a young age you knew that you wanted to get into fashion like yeah. there was no other there was no there was no plan b you always wanted to get into fashion yeah and I understand like this, that's very rare like from speaking to loads and loads of people I see you know so many people have been having that change what they want to do and like now doing something different but I was always very much like you know like I want to be a fashion designer when did you come up with the concept of um, Maison Bent? Okay, so this is another story. Um, so after my whole experience and stuff and basically being like, I literally, my mindset was, I cannot see being a black woman. That was my mindset, you know, from my yeah. experience. I've been there. Right? 100%. So, right, so I was literally like, okay, I want to do this brand myself. Um, but I'm not going to call it after me because I don't want people to see that I'm a young black woman. Um, I'm going to call oh. it something completely different. Right. You, you, you resonate. <laughs> like, Shanna, you're giving me chills because, like, literally, I'm you just emotional. I've been there. Because this isn't, like, for most people, this isn't normal, but this is very much our reality, okay? So, yeah, I was like, no, I can't put my face behind the brand. It can't be, cannot be named after me. I'm not going to use black models because black models don't sell. That's what, you know. We they went on trend then. They went on trend. No, black, being black was not cool then. And this was oh. like, this wasn't even that long ago. So I kicked that brand off in 2016. Okay. Um, 2016. Um, so it was called the 7962 Studio. Um, you know, it just wasn't working. Like I did a soft launch. Um, the, the website and stuff looked really, really cool. Like I sold a few pieces, but I felt so mentally removed from the brand after a while okay. that I just fell out of love with it because the models didn't look like me. I had to basically like, you know, hide myself. I just didn't feel that connection. And eventually I feel like for anything and anyone, like if that's what you're doing, you're going to fall out of love with what you're doing. So it was literally only in 2019 that I finally made the decision to put my name as the brand and to become oh. more personable with it. See, it's wow. literally yesterday, you know, wow. literally yesterday. 
Um, so I was like, you know, my gut says I need to change it. I need to make it more personal um, so that people remember it. I was like, you know, if people do judge me for being a young black woman, then fine. Like, if, but I have to live my truth. Um, so I ask what the turning point was, Shanna. Did you wake up one day and it was like a kind of a, a, a light bulb moment? Literally, if I'm honest, yeah. And also like, you know, like, were there, were there secrets of events that led you to that decision that you're going to be like, I'm going to own this? Mainly because, you know, from communicating your brand to people, like from and having these personal conversations, I then began to realise that people want to know you and they want to see you through the brand and telling people about the brand's name and the story, people just like, I don't get it. I don't remember the name. Like, I remember you, but I don't remember the brand's name. And everyone I spoke to, they were like, oh, how is this 7202 studio? I'm like, that's not the name. <laughs> Yeah. Numbers, how, is this, um, <laughs> how is this one two five business yeah. like right <laughs> and it was like I, was, I eventually started to forget that what it meant as well because <laughs> connecting with it I was like oh this is a mess <laughs> I was like this is a mess I was like no I'm gonna call it events I was like hmm, but events what like what can I add to it you know now I feel like as well you have to always like take things with a pinch of salt when like doing things because ev- I think everyone like, always has their opinions when you're trying to like establish what you're doing so I was like no it's my name like I like it I want it to be really, really strong it's my family name um and then yeah I just got in touch with my friend to do the logo and then Bob your uncle here we are and it's been flourishing ever since it was like the best decision isn't isn't that amazing when you take a leap of faith um when you follow your gut when you follow your gut you take a leap of faith um the universe just kind of clears the way for for you and opportunities just start coming into your life I wanted to I I love your dress. I was on your website and I just I love the aesthetic of your website and the models um, there's a, I was just wanting to look at a particular there's a particular dress a spring I think it's called the spring dress but the photo shoot you've got stunningly beautiful black model uh, with the kind of the the hair in plaits and she's wearing the white dress a white structured dress with the cutouts mm-hmm. at the side it really it really reminded me of like a typical Caribbean dress but with like a designer touch on it a designer modern touch on it I was like why is this bringing me back to like the days that I was in Jamaica why is this dress making me think about my grandma should I I literally it made me think about everyone has like a Caribbean grandma that has a slip dress right Mm -hmm a white slip dress like and I remember my grandma having this this kind of night it was like a nighty she would she would call it a nighty yeah. uh white slip dress it was cotton and it has embroidery in it and when I was younger I'd be like you know like why are you wearing that nice dress to bed type of thing and it reminded me like a complete twist of that kind of night dress, slip dress. It, what, what was the inspiration, for example, behind your dresses? Literally, for that collection, the spring, summer 21, was my grandma. <laughs> oh, my God! <laughs> my grandma. Yeah, it was literally, like, you know, during lockdown, I spent so much time, like, with my grandparents, like, in our garden. Yeah. Like, you know, like, see my grandma, like, doing the garden and stuff. And then um, it was this picture there's a picture of like my grandma and her mum literally like in the front in 
their front garden in Jamaica in like these beautiful, well, the pictures were black and white, but like the dresses were like, like just really big and like loads of fabric all around yeah. them. I was like, oh, that's really pretty. This, I'm gonna, and this is my inspiration now. So yeah, I'm really glad that the photo shoot actually, um, that correlates that through the photo shoot. I was like a bit worried I was gonna get lost, but yeah, that was my inspiration, my Jamaica. That's so weird. That like, I literally instantly oh connected God. with those pictures. Yeah. Um, where you know the, the location uh, the models everything it just literally brought me right back and I was like oh my god I'd love to wear one of these dresses I was like I'd love to wear one of these dresses on a holiday they so beautiful the twist that you've done on on the style and the shape and the structure absolutely stunning Shanna like really really beautiful so how did you how did you come up with the location and and yeah the location so very much now like I literally like work with like a really close like a group of friends to like help me like do my fashion shows and stuff um I feel like working with people that you really like respect and like you're used to really helps um so I think I after like you know putting the pieces together I was like okay we need to find a location and I was literally talking like with my friend and he was like yeah like I've seen like this location I think that'd be really really cool with like the cliffs in the background and stuff and I was like yeah let's go for it I'm, like, I'm very like easygoing when it comes to like people like sharing their ideas with me and stuff now like, if I like it we can go with it um and so forth and just like work together collaboratively like that but I feel like with every shoot as well it's always like you don't know what to expect literally we were so blessed with the sunshine that day because that shoot got postponed like three times due to bad weather um one day it was raining one another day it was like too 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 windy and like luckily the third time we got there we're like what it's there's sunshine it's actually warm actually warm and yeah we're just just super lucky it's the the shoot is beautiful thank you so glad yeah Um, with the images let me uh you ask about you sorry you mentioned about working with a close um knit of people within your business and it really any excuse to bring Beyonce's name up by the way um <laughs> and it reminded me of Beyonce because she works with literally the same people mainly within her business and they've been working with her for like mm-hmm. over a decade like do you find that working with the same people with a close knit of people helps you um, become more help helps within your creative pr- process primarily because you know that those people are working with you are, are working really for you and want and champion you? It's that you know it's really really that like literally like seeing my friends having the same passions what I'm doing like the same amount of passions what I have. Yes. So hard to come across like yeah you can pay someone to do this and pay someone to do that but they're literally just there for a paycheck exactly you know? but with your friend it's like what you're doing is like my business is their business you know and likewise like whenever they're putting on something I and then I can help like I put in the same amount of effort you know because I want it to itself because that's my friend and like I believe in their vision so I think it's very very important to make sure that whoever you're working with over a long period of time like they have to have they have to not share the same vision but respect your vision and kind of believe in you because I'm very much I'm all about like energy like I have to work with people with like good energy um if the energy is off like it can it can transcend into what you produce as well um, so I think that's really, really important. The pod, this podcast really is to discuss when things get messy and that little, that grey area that people don't often talk about much. So within your business, within uh, Maison Ben, what has been some of the challenges that you found? Or was there a particular plan that you had and you just had to do a complete U-turn? 
the entire journey's been messy. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? When has it been a straight path? No, like, right? From even now, like, it's, oh. it's still not, like, fine-tuned, you know? There's still, like, so many things that I'm still, like, trying to, like, you know, unravel and to, like, work through and to, like, make better. Um, I think the messiest point was literally, like, you know, first starting out and the brand was like just completely wrong. Like it didn't resonate with me. I think that was the messiest bit. Um, but now after rebranding, it's like, okay, yes, now it's working. But now how to make this amazing, how to make it excel, how to now, you know, get this alongside the brand that I want to be next to. So in short, the entire journey's messy. I mean, Absolutely. you know, I'm self-funding everything myself. So it's like, it's, I'm very much like hands-on in every single aspect, you know? And I feel like most things that I've done as well has literally been due to risk. Like when like you're, you know, doing your own business, it's so important to kind of separate your work from your resting place because otherwise everything's stuck in your head. It's just going to drive you insane. It's actually going to drive you insane. I actually had um, my first ever panic attack. It was in 2016, actually, in 2016, just because I had so much going on. But I didn't know, but I didn't know it was a panic attack. Like, you know, like in the Caribbean community, like you don't talk about these things. You don't talk about anxiety, stress and stuff. I literally thought, yeah, so I couldn't breathe and stuff. Um, The first episodes on like a tube, I literally thought I was going, like I couldn't breathe. I actually thought that I was dying. I kept on having these episodes. I actually like went to A&E like a few weeks later because I thought that, you know, after Googling like why you can't breathe at nighttime, I was like, oh my God, I've got a hole in my lung. I'm going to die. Um, I went to A&E and like did all the tests and stuff. And they were like, no, you're fine. And then I started crying. I was like, what? Are you telling me this is all in my head? It was right. like the first realization that something had to change. Um, so yeah, it's very, very important to realize, you know, when things aren't, um, when you need to come out of your headspace. Shana, thank you so much for sharing that with us. Like, you're absolutely right. We don't talk about mental health enough. And, you know, we're on Instagram with makeup looking amazing, but nobody actually knows the journey, the mental journey, in order to kind of get to point from point A to point B. So I really, I think so many people that will be listening will really appreciate you sharing that with us because that was super brave. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, so so basically you're saying the whole journey really is messy to success, to you know, especially being self-funding. Let's talk about the self-funding because again, money is something, especially within the Caribbean culture, just in general, that we don't really talk about because there may be a lot of people sitting at home saying, I want to start this dream, but I got no money. So you know what? I'm not gonna start this dream. What would you say to those people? To start off with, it's very important to understand money it's very important to find that kind of financial literacy um so I've been on like basically like clubhouse that app that I told you about for like a few like weeks now and honestly like so it's very much fundamentally like uh, an American community it's like loads of Americans on there and just seeing like their understanding of money is just so much more advanced than like I don't know I can, I'm going to say it's a British thing because British people in general just don't talk about money, you know, let alone like the Caribbean community. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day um, because I'm actually going to get a money expert on the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, which I'm really excited about because we weren't taught about money at school. I've already, I've, I've already got a money book for my son who's nine years old. 
and whilst I'm doing whilst we're doing the homeschooling every week he has to read something from it's like a money book for children because I don't want him to go through the same journey that I went through I want him to know be really confident about knowing what money is from age nine you know it's so important and so fundamental how did you how did you overcome that? Like, it doesn't seem like the lack of money or not knowing how to get it stopped you from launching Maison Ben. Um, so with me, so my mum like works in a bank, you know, but I, I still, like, even so, like I still didn't learn much about money from her, you know. Um, the only thing I would say like from growing up was that she focused a lot on, I have to save whatever you're earning, make sure you put in this much amount in the bank. And I now know like in my big A that so many people don't do that. So many people don't know how to save. And for me, that was like one of the fundamental things. So I started like, you know, like working part-time from the age of like 16, 17, I think. And literally back then from, you know, also living at home, I would put in at least 50 to 75% of my earnings into my savings account. Wow. Doing that from the age of like 16. You so know? that was your grounding? yeah to save money and like you know and like hearing my aunts being like you know you need to save for a rainy day you know if you don't need the money today put it into the bank but so i'm just realizing now so many people do not do that i'm going to put my hand up and say i never really i honestly i never really did that even though my grandma would tell me my dad oh my god especially would (laughs) tell me have a rainy you know always save for a rainy day I was just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm going on holiday with my friend. So (laughs) I'll I'll do that afterwards. You know, it probably wasn't until I had my son that I realised, yeah, you really need to get around this whole money situation and start saving. I didn't see the urgency, Shanna. I will put my hands up and say I just didn't see the urgency. I find that fascinating. But but most people don't, though. And I find that fascinating. And just these, I feel like it's these simple things that we should be taught from a very young age. From working, so that I continued to work, like, up until, like, 2016. And I literally launched from my savings. I was like, okay, I've got this money. I was like, I'm going to now use it to go invest into my brand. And so, yeah, that's how I'm able to self-fund. Um, I do need more money because, like, you know, as well as, you know, my brand, I do want to, like, get my house and stuff and, like, get all these other things and to basically live my life. Um, but it's, you know, there's still things that I'm trying to teach myself in regards to, like, trying to get investment. It's only now that I'm starting to speak to, like, um, financial advisors and potential investors and stuff. Um, I will say as well that, you know, like, I've been trying to look for investments since 2016 feedback that I've been getting is that they want to see you invest in your own money first before they invest into you that you're trusting your business before they trust in it so I'll definitely say that to other people like try to find the money yourself to put into your business first when I listen to um, other podcasts about people that that eventually find investors it's not a wake up one day go to an investor and then somebody invests in their company it's a it's it's a it's a journey it's yeah. definitely a journey, a lot of rejection, a lot of no's. Um, and I, all, I I kind of feel like it's part of the journey as well. I think investors want to see that you've got that kind of resilience and that you believe in your brand more than anybody else in order for them to invest in your brand. So, Shana, you have to keep going because you will get there. You absolutely will get there. What is the worst piece of advice somebody has given you with regards to your life or business? 
I'll say this one. Okay, so in 2016, that's when I literally quit my job um, to work on the 7962 back then. Um, so the advice was given by this guy, like who I'd met, like, you know, whilst working at my job, he was like, really tall, really good looking, very like, you know, well dressed, he wore like his fancy suit and like shirt and stuff and really nice shoes. I was like, oh, he's like very established, you know, I always I want to take advice from him. And he was literally like, you know, you need to like, if you feel like quitting your job, just do, go for it, go for it and follow your dreams. I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to quit my job and follow my dreams. Launched a brand, I just wasn't making any money. And like, you know, my savings was going down, 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 down. And then um, I'm not saying any names. And then, <laughs> and then it was like, after like, talking to him for a while, like I found out that this guy, had actually only been released from jail like six months prior and like <laughs> was literally like sleeping on his friend's couches and um so yeah like the whole you know like amazing outfit and that well presentation um kind of blinded me into believing this person who was basically a fraud um so I'll say if you're taking advice from anyone <laughs> Just make sure that they can back up what they're advising you. <laughs> oh my gosh. And what is the best piece of advice somebody has given you? Is to literally like follow your gut. Yeah. yeah and I, can't, I can't pinpoint that from like just one person. I've probably, you know, I think I keep hearing this from like different podcasts and things and yeah. like through like age and experience, you definitely understand how to do that much better like as time goes on. Because I feel like, Yes, you know, you can like follow stats, you can follow figures, you can like see, you know, like what's all written in like the rule books and things. But sometimes these things just won't resonate with you as a person. And sometimes you literally just need to do what is best for your spiritual alignment rather than what's written really? down in a fancy book. Um, so yeah, definitely focus on like literally like meditating, understanding like you as a person, how your mind works, how you react to things. And I feel like things will go be a lot easier as time goes on. I'm a lot more confident now. I'm realizing that I have so much to bring to the table, you know, in compared compared to like back then, feeling like invaluable, irrelevant, like feeling like there's literally like no space for me and that I have to be something that I'm not, you know, I'm just, yeah, like I, you know, I've got the experience, I've got like the education, like I've done this all myself now, literally people always like, Shanna, who's like your PR? I'm a PR um <laughs> for an example it's like I'm Kate I'm very much capable um see so yeah, I'm, I'm a complete wow. person now to back then wow amazing do you feel like you needed to go through that to get Absolutely. to right yeah yeah I'm very much like you know as life goes on like I'm talking like an old lady but like, as life goes on I feel like <laughs> you begin to realize that things like not everything's meant to go right all the time like it's all like yin and yang like there's meant to be the bad times, there's meant to be the good times, because without the bad times, you're not going to appreciate the good times. And also you learn so much through everything that you go through. You literally learn so much, more than what anyone could ever teach you, more than what any school can teach you, more than what any book can teach you. Your personal experiences are so valuable to like become the person that you are. So yeah, I wouldn't actually change anything. But I don't know, like I will say though, like if I do ever have children, like it would be nice for them to kind of like, you know, have like that step up yeah. <laughs> and not having to go through the things that I went through. But, you know, as, as long as someone went through it. You know, how how do you keep motivated in the sense of like, you wake up in the morning and you're like, come on, Shanna, like today I'm going to do boom. Like what what keeps you motivated? Like what's your, it seems like you have a, a, a you can't, you're quite spiritual. 
what keeps your cup nice and full? I'll say it's the power of affirmation. Like I literally wow. generally believe in amazing events. Like I believe it's going to be amazing. You know, it's it's just it's just that. It's as simple as that, really. Like mm. I, I'm so confident in it. I believe in it so much. I'm like, it has to be done because if I don't do it, no one else is going to. And I'm also like, yeah, like you know, I still haven't been able to like fly, fly first class yet. I still haven't been able to like sunbathe on my yacht. So I'm like working towards that. <laughs> Can I come? Of course, I'm going to have such a big yacht party with all these amazing other like females. <laughs> And just be like hot in our bikinis in that central place. <laughs> Sounds amazing. I can see already. I'm going to visualize it and manifest it for you, honestly. <laughs> I think every single person on this planet has learned something from 2020. What did you most learn about yourself? And what did you most learn about the fashion industry? Because fashion has changed now. It has, it has changed. I don't think it will go back. <clears throat> sorry. I don't think it will go back to how it used to be. Did you most learn about the trends? What do you foresee is going to be different for this year and going forward with regards to the fashion industry? Um, I would say 2020 taught me the art of like perseverance and resilience. Um, regardless of everything else that's going on around you like you need to have keep that tunnel vision it's, it's, it takes a lot of mental strength like I would say I'm very very grateful for the friends that I had around like in 2020 who like you know like helped to encourage me like via zoom calls and stuff and just that constant like daily like motivation I think it's so important to have like motivated people around you who's like on the same wavelength as you um so yeah just to ask to keep going and so like literally in 2020 like you know where everyone's like at home feeling super unmotivated being and like I don't know what's going to happen like tomorrow you can't do anything you can't go anywhere you just suddenly well we saw this sudden like you know surge of like you know people being like black businesses and black business yes. owners and the black designers I was like what you want us now oh people want us I was like what we've been, we've been here all the time so that you know we've always been here by the way <laughs> I was like, oh God, so this is what's like to feel privileged damn feel feel special Woo! I was like right I'm going to send out an email to so like literally like all press be literally with the sub with the heading black female fashion designer <laughs> absolutely absolutely isn't it so fun though but shanna like look at look at the situation and the time that we are in our lives because 10 years ago we wanted to hide that yeah. right 10 years ago we wanted to hide the fact that we were black business owners you know be in the shadow of that and now it's like hi I'm a black business owner. Nice to meet you. It's been honestly so surreal. Like I keep trying to explain to like Gen Z. I'm like, you do know it was so different like 10 years ago. Like it was not cool to be black. And I don't think like the like the new 20 year olds now understands like how different it's become. Like now it's cool to be black. Now black is celebrated. Putting black men on a pedestal to now like, you know, just everyone, <laughs> everyone being about black culture. And I feel like, yeah, it's been, oh my God, it's been such an amazing experience to finally like see like not just black people but other people from like other races as well like understanding like yeah like you deserve like a space in this industry as well and yeah. actually, like you're just as good as us and like we can yeah. all like, do this together so it's been so refreshing and confidence boosting right yes absolutely yeah. who are you inspired by literally like there isn't just like one person I'm literally inspired by like just any like person who's like come from like nothing and has done like amazing things like the resilience and those type of people are just so like 
oh my gosh you're like you're like a god like how did you do this and accomplish this to become to where you are now like literally that like, mainly like entrepreneurial like women of color like I'm always like listening to, like to their stories and like seeing their journey and like how they've accomplished what they have like you know like reading like Michelle Obama's book and like just like reading her story and, like trying to basically like I'm re- I really love like how basically she was brought up as a child and I feel like you know just like all these like small like learnings that you can like learn from other people and that helps to maybe like make your future generation also become like great um so like Michelle Obama like literally Oprah Winfrey um like they, these aren't fashion designers but they're still like amazing Absolutely. women who do great things yeah my mother and I went to the becoming um you know when she came to London yeah oh I felt so blessed I remember sitting in the O2 and thinking I will never probably experience something like this again in my life the fact that she packed out the O2 when you think you know we weren't going to see a concert we were literally going to see someone talk and it was she enthralled us from start to finish it was absolutely amazing So Michelle Obama and Oprah are some of your kind of influences and people that you look up to. Are you reading anything at the moment? Are you reading any books or anything that you could share with us that you've kind of found really interesting? Yeah, my book list, oh my God. So I'm literally, so it's taken me a year to read the um, (laughs) Michelle Obama book. Um, I'm on the last few pages and I've got Barack Obama's um, autobiography that I'm trying to get through. It's really big. (laughs) The Power of Now is one of my favourites. The Power of Now. There's so much like power in reading like, other people's experiences. Absolutely. That's been a blessing for me, actually. One of the blessings for 2020 has been I've actually had time to read. For anyone that is going through a messy situation right now, mm-hmm. what piece of advice would you give to them? Just keep going. It sounds so cliche, but there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Like... I think like through some of these titles as well, like, I feel like that's where I've kind of learned, like you have to go through these obstacles. The obstacle is the way you have to go through this messy situation. It may seem like really difficult now and things are not meant to be all glorified and good all the time. Sometimes you have to go through this crap right now because it's going to teach you a lesson. Could you tell everybody at home how they can stay connected with you? Yeah, you can stay connected with me via Instagram and Mason Bent Official email um info at masonben.com um also on clubhouse via miss bent awesome um shanna absolutely love your designs please keep going thank you for blessing us with you know all your creations and i can't wait to kind of see more of what you know of what you're going to be doing and thank you for being on the podcast now as we enter another wave of lockdowns it is the simple things that help us relax at home and create a lovely chilled atmosphere so check out my brand it's called Melita Rose we're a mother and daughter team and we create hand poured soy wax candles from scratch and we have over 12 different fragrances online so you can shop the brand at www.melitarose.com or why not follow us on insta That's Melita Rose underscore candles. And also, if you shop the candle brand online, we can give you 20% off. Just use the code MESSY.